Gospels and turn to Luke chapter 14, please. Luke chapter 14, I'm not going to be long with you this afternoon. I intend to be very brief. And notice I said intend. I'm not holding myself to anything. Um, Just intending. Good intentions, right? No, we should be um, able to move fairly quickly through. I want to direct your attention to verses 7 through 11 as our text here this afternoon as we consider this parable that Jesus taught concerning the attitude of the heart and humility, beginning in verse 7. And he put forth a parable to those which were bidden when he marked how they chose out the chief rooms, saying unto them, When thou art bidden of any man to a wedding, sit not down in the highest room, lest a more honorable man than thou be bidden of him. And he that bade thee and him come and say to thee, Give this man place, and thou begin with shame to take the lowest room. But when thou art bidden, go and sit down in the lowest room, that when he that bade thee cometh, he may say unto thee, Friend, go up higher. Then shalt thou have worship in the presence of them that sit at meat with thee. For whosoever exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. I want to speak to you on this parable of the lowest seat and the issue or need for humility in our life. And this is something that we all need to be reminded of regularly, uh, for it is in our sinful heart to want to exalt ourselves. Let's pray and then we'll begin. Heavenly Father, would you bless your word? Thank you for it. Thank you for teaching us. Lord, may we be humble before you and receive truth. In Jesus' name, amen. In the context here, Jesus had been invited to a meal with many guests at it, and it was in one of the Pharisees' homes. If you go back to verse 1, the Bible says it came to pass as he went into the house of one of the chief Pharisees to eat bread on the Sabbath, they watched him. Then you get to verse 7, and Jesus puts forth this parable to them which were bidden. And so we get the picture here of what's happening, uh, that there's a, a meal that's going on in one of the chief Pharisees' houses. And a chief Pharisee would have been one who was a prominent person, one who was looked up to, one who had a lot of prestige and power and wealth, an influential person to be invited to a meal at this person's house would have been a big deal, right? And the people being invited would have felt very, uh, what's the word, accepted, would have felt very, uh, you know, probably honored, but they would have, they would have felt like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm, I got it pretty good, you know, because I'm getting to go to the chief Pharisee's house and you other people are not, Okay. And Jesus happened to be invited to this meal. And as he's there, he begins to teach the principle of humility to those that are attending. The people that he relayed this parable to were those that were bidden to this feast. Notice verse 7. He put forth the parable to them which, or those which were bidden. All right, so it's the people who were invited to this meal that he's directing this parable to. And this parable has been referred to by some as the parable of the ambitious guests, etc., because the Bible says that Jesus marked 
how they chose out the chief rooms. You see that in this verse? The Bible says here, when he marked how they chose out the chief rooms. And so it, be, it brought this to light, and Jesus begins to teach on the subject of humility. What we need to understand is that phrase, chief rooms, it basically means the highest spot of honor. So at this feast, there's a place of honor, the highest place of honor next to the host. On his other side is a little bit lesser of a place, but it's still a place of honor. And there was just these places of rank, if you will, throughout the home of the one who invited them to come. And Jesus marked how they chose out the highest spots of honor for themselves, places of recognition. In many Jewish homes, the room where they held a feast would have had a two-level floor to it. And in the higher level, the guests of honor were assigned places to sit, and those of less honor would have been in the lower level. A place of special honor or high honor would be to the very right of the host. And the next highest place of honor would be to his left. I think it's interesting that both James and John asked for such a position in Christ's kingdom. Go to Mark chapter 10 with me. Mark chapter 10. I know you just ate a big meal. It's already starting to take effect and do its work. And so I'm just going to encourage you, don't let it overtake you, folks. That's a, an inside joke to our people. All the rest of you, it just means don't go to sleep, okay? Mark chapter 10, and I want you to look at verse 35 with me. And James and John, the sons of Zebedee, come unto him, saying, Master, we would that thou shouldest do for us whatsoever we shall desire. And he said unto them, What would ye that I should do for you? They said unto him, Grant unto us that we may sit one at thy right hand and, on the, other, uh, and the other on thy left hand in thy glory. Wow, what a, what a presumptuous uh, request of the Lord Jesus Christ, especially considering the text that we're in. These would have been places of high honor. And they were asking the Lord for those places of high honor. But Jesus advised his guests in our, in our text back in Luke chapter 14. He advised the guests to take the last place, not the highest place. Now, where would the last place be? Where would it be located in the house? Well, it was in the lower level, certainly, but it was also near the door. It was the farthest away from the host, the one of honor. And the guest who would take that humble place might be invited by the master of the house to take a higher place, a place of more honor, farther away from the door. Now also notice that Jesus, the Bible says that Jesus marked them as they chose out places for themselves. The word marked means to take note of, it means to pay attention. So Jesus is sitting back there and he's watching. He's paying attention. And Jesus is always paying attention, friends. He knows exactly what's going on in your heart and mine right now. He's always paying attention. 
So Jesus was paying attention to how they chose out for themselves these chief spots of honor. And, what, and, and I'll, we'll walk through this in just a little bit here, but what this parable does is it reproves those at the meal who wanted the chief place for themselves instead of taking the lowest place in the room. And Jesus was highlighting the inward man of the heart and rebuking their pride. The principle of this parable is illustrated for us in the book of Proverbs. Keep your place and turn to Proverbs chapter 25. In Proverbs 25 and verse 6, the Bible says, Put not forth thyself in the presence of the king, and stand not in the place of great men. For better it is that it be said unto thee, Come up hither, than that thou shouldest be put lower in the presence of the prince whom thine eyes have seen. Don't put yourself forth in the presence of the king. Don't be presumptuous to stand in the place or presence of great men. This is how, this is the, the principle being illustrated. And Jesus taught the truth of this parable in one verse. Here's the whole meaning. You get down to verse 11 of our text. Jesus says, For whosoever exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. What I want to do is look at both sides of this truth, and then we'll point out some of the main principles and applications for us. Let's look at verse 11. There's two sides. Jesus said, For whosoever exalteth himself shall be abased. And then the other side is, He that humbleth himself shall be exalted. So number one, exalting self leads to being abased. That's what Jesus said. He that would exalt himself shall be abased. Exalting self leads to being abased. What does that word abased mean? Well, it means to, to humiliate. It means to bring low, and it means to humble. There's a difference between being humiliated and humbling yourself. There's a big difference. And Jesus says those who would exalt themselves are going to be abased. They're going to be humiliated. They're going to be brought low. They're going to be humbled. Now, I want you to notice, first of all, the choice here. Verse 7 says that Jesus put forth this parable to those that were bidden when he marked how they chose out the chief rooms. Notice the choice here. In this parable, the one who invited all of these people gave them the opportunity to choose where they were going to sit. The person who was invited had the choice of where he was going to sit. And I would say to you, we should always choose the lowest place, not the highest place. The want of, of being in that place of honor or the want of choosing for myself is a me-first, selfish kind of attitude that is actually firmly established in our flesh. You know, the kind of attitude that really wants to make it all about me? You know, the kind of, of, of flesh and pride that, that wants to steal the attention, that wants to make it about me, 
You know, when, when, there's a, when there's an opportunity, when someone else is the focus, when someone else is, is the primary thing, and, and, and i got to sneak it in there somehow to make this about me somehow. Well, what does that lead to? Look at Matthew chapter 19 with me. Matthew chapter 19. And this is not uncommon. This is common to our flesh. It's our pride in our flesh that is trying to exalt self, and it is firmly established in our human sinful nature. But what does it lead to? Matthew 19 and verse 30, the Bible says, But many that are first shall be last, and the last shall be first. What does it lead to? Well, it leads to being last, and Jesus said the one who would exalt himself shall be abased. He's going to end up being humiliated or brought low. But then go back to our text. We Not only do we see the choice here, but we also see the estimation. This is interesting because in verse 8, the Bible says, Jesus says, When thou art bidden of any man to a wedding, sit not down in the highest room, lest a more honorable man than thou be bidden of him. Here we find the estimation. In this parable, the ones who were choosing out their seat clearly thought themselves to be more honorable men. The host wasn't the one who thought they were honorable people. They thought themselves to be the honorable men. Like, I deserve this place to sit here. They apparently thought that they were important enough to deserve those places of honor. Like, I'm, I'm a pretty big deal around here. Obviously, I deserve this special treatment. Don't you know who I am? That kind of an attitude. And the Bible says just the opposite, that we should not have a high estimation of ourselves. And here's the real truth, friend. What we think of ourselves doesn't actually even count anyway. What you think of yourself doesn't actually count. Number one, it's what God thinks. But the number two, what other people think. Uh, you know, we always say, well, it doesn't matter what other people think. Well, that's true to some extent. That's true to some degree. But, but you know what the name that you make for yourself? You don't get to decide. You don't get to choose. It's other people who assign a name to you. What I think of myself doesn't even matter. But these people thought themselves to be more honorable. But the Bible says here, Jesus is teaching, lest a more honorable man than you comes into the room. I want you to look at Philippians chapter 2 and verse 3 because the Word of God gives us really the way we ought to think about ourselves and the way we ought to think of others. Philippians chapter 2 in verse 3, the Bible says, Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves. How should we think of ourselves? How, what, is, what should be the heart attitude? Lowliness of mind. How should we think of others? We ought to esteem other better than ourselves. You know what that word esteem means? It means to deem or to consider or to account that other people are better than me. That's the estimation. 
We see the choice. These people chose out for themselves the highest places of honor because they had a high estimation of themselves. But it was a wrong estimation. Because we see in verse 9 the humiliation. Look at verse 9. And he that bade thee and him come and say to thee, Give this man place, and thou begin with shame to take the lowest room. Now in the parable, those that chose high and then were asked to move to a lower place were said to experience shame. They were embarrassed. They were brought low for being presumptuous about their imagined importance. You ever known somebody like that? To imagine themselves to be important? (laughs) Yeah, well, it's easy to point that out when we're the same way, right? Look at Proverbs chapter 29 with me. Proverbs chapter 29 and verse 23 The Bible says this, Proverbs 29 and verse 23, A man's pride shall bring him low, but honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. Chapter 25 and verse 27 says, It is not good to eat much honey, so for men to search their own glory is not glory. What a powerful statement. For men to search out their own glory, it's not actually glory. In fact, the Bible says, let another man praise thee and not thine own lips. The humiliation. And so we see the exalting, go back to our text in Luke 14, we see the one side of the coin is that exalting self leads to being abased. But what is the other side? What does Jesus say here in Luke 14 and verse 11. Let me get there again. He says, And he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. So the other side of the coin is that the humbling of self leads to being exalted. And again, there's a great big difference between being humiliated and being humble. Humbling of self leads to being exalted. Now let's notice the choice again. Look at verse 10. But when thou art bidden, go and sit down in the lowest room, that when he that bid thee cometh, he may say unto thee, Friend, go up higher. Here's the choice again. Just as one can choose to be first, one can also choose to be last. The one who would choose the lowest seat could be asked to move to a higher position and would be esteemed highly of all with no embarrassment because of the right choice. But then look at the estimation. The estimation here. He says, again in verse 10, Go and sit in the lowest room, that when he that bid thee cometh, he may say unto thee, Friend, go up higher then thou shalt have worship in the presence of them that sit at meat with thee. The one who chooses the lowest place not only displays wisdom, but it reveals the true attitude of his heart. I'm unworthy. I don't deserve that. I'm just me, servant of the Lord. Look at Romans chapter 12 with me. Keep your place here again. Romans 12 
in verse 3 gives us another principle that we need to be reminded of. Romans 12.3 says, For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you. So everyone's included. Not just one or two or three. Every man among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. Listen, friend, the right attitude is, I'm nothing special. I don't deserve anything, and all that I have is only by the grace of God anyway. And if it wasn't for the grace of God, which, by the way, is unmerited favor, but it also means divine enabling. God does it all. He has favor on me when I don't deserve it, and He enables me when I can't do it. It's all about Him. Not to think of Himself more highly than He ought to think, but to think soberly. That if it wasn't for God, and if it wasn't for His grace in my life, if it wasn't for His mercy, I would be consumed. His mercies are new every morning. But we get to thinking that we're something special. Or we get to thinking more highly of ourselves than we ought to think. You know, we all got to give our opinions. And we all got to have our say. We all got to get it in there because my opinion matters. Yeah, no, it doesn't. You know how it is. They say opinions are like armpits. Everybody's got them and they stink. But when we think of ourselves more highly than we ought to, we actually think that what we think matters. I'm not trying to be mean here. Just trying to present a, a biblical viewpoint of how we ought to view ourselves. Listen, if there's anything about me at all, it's only by the grace of God. Because I don't deserve it. I can't tell you of the accolades, and I can't tell you of all the things that I've done. I can't tell you of all the things I wanted. I can't tell you anything. Why? Because if it wasn't for God, I would be not even be here. We need to be quick to give Him the honor. We need to be quick to give Him the glory. And like John said, He must increase and I must decrease. That's the estimation. It displays wisdom. It reveals the attitude of the heart. That without the Lord, I'm nothing. And then we look at the honor. Because verse 10 says, When he that bid thee, or bade thee, cometh, he may say unto thee, Friend, friend, go up higher. Then thou shalt have worship in the presence of them that sit at meat with thee. It doesn't make logical sense to our flesh that placing ourselves down will actually bring ourselves up. Our flesh doesn't want to do that. Our flesh, it doesn't make sense to our flesh. And yet God promised in 1 Peter 5, 6, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time. What a powerful reminder from the Scriptures, from the Word of God, of how we 
should view ourselves. Amen? What ultimately does this parable teach us? Well, it teaches us primarily the necessity of humility. Jesus chose this simple story to point out this eternal truth. And he says, if an undistinguished guest arrives early at a feast and he took the top place, and if a more distinguished person, by the way, there's always somebody who's more important than we are, and there's always somebody who knows more than we do. But if this more distinguished person arrives and the man who had taken that first place was told to step down, how embarrassing the result of that situation. If, on the other hand, a man deliberately slipped into the bottom place and was then asked to occupy a more distinguished place, his humility gains him all the more honor. And here's a, a truth to remember. Humility has always been one of the characteristics of great men. It's always been one of the characteristics of great men. No great men, really truly great men, have to tell you how great they are. There's a story of Booker T. Washington, who was truly a humble man, and humble men are hard to find these days. And yet God delights to honor selfless people. Booker T. Washington, as you might know, was a renowned black educator. And there's a story that is told of him that becomes an outstanding example of this truth. The story goes that shortly after he took over the presidency of the Tuskegee Institute in Alabama, he was walking along in a very exclusive section of town when all of a sudden he was stopped by a wealthy white woman not knowing who Mr. Washington was, she asked if he would like to earn a few dollars by chopping some wood for her. Because he had no pressing business at the moment, Professor Washington just smiled. He rolled up his sleeves, and then he proceeded to do the humble chore that she had requested. When he was finished chopping all of her wood, he carried the logs into her house. He stacked them up by the fireplace. But as he was doing that, a little girl recognized him and later on revealed his identity to this lady. Mr. Washington said nothing. The next morning, as he was sitting in his office, there was a knock on his door. As he opened the door, it was this woman that he had chopped wood for she was embarrassed, but she wanted to see Mr. Washington in his office at the Institute and so that she could apologize to him. And the story goes that she apologized profusely. And he said to her, ma'am, it's perfectly all right. Occasionally, I enjoy a little manual labor. Besides, it's always a delight to do something for a friend. She shook his hand warmly and assured him that his meek and his gracious attitude had endeared him and his work to her heart. It wasn't long after that that 
she wanted to show her admiration. And so she persuaded some very wealthy people to join her in donating thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to the Tuskegee Institute. How could he have responded? What? Chop wood for you? Don't you know who I am? But instead, he said nothing. He rolled up his sleeves. He did the work for a friend. The Apostle Paul was also a humble man. He might have been the greatest missionary evangelist the world has ever known. But constantly you see throughout the New Testament that the Apostle Paul said things like this, I'm the least of all the apostles. He said in Ephesians 3 in verse 8, I'm the very least of all saints. In 1 Timothy 1 in verse 15, he said, I'm the chiefest of sinners. Paul understood that it was only by the grace of God that he was anything. And here's the main point. It's only the little man who is self-important. The little man who is self-important. How, then, in closing, can we remain humble? How can we retain humility in our life? Two things, and I'll be done. First of all, by realizing the facts. By realizing the facts, what are those? However much we know in this life, we still know very, very little compared with the whole sum of the total knowledge of this world. You might know a lot of things. And I have admiration for some men in our church because they seem to know something about everything, and I can learn a lot of things from them. And I truly appreciate that. But here's the truth. No matter how much you think you know or how much we know in this life, it's still very, very little compared to the sum of knowledge in all of this world. However much we've achieved in this life, we still have achieved very little in the end. However important we may believe ourselves to be, when death comes, death removes us from this life, or, or, or we retire our positions and life and work and everything else will go on just the same without us. That's the truth. If we can remember that and realize the facts, it's going to help us keep that humble position in this life. You know what? This isn't my ministry. It's not my work. It's not my church. It's the Lord's. The my makes it all about me. We need to realize the facts. That no matter what we think we know or what we've done, in the end, it's very, very little, and death comes, and life goes on without us just the same. But secondly, and more importantly, is this. How do we maintain humility? By comparison with the perfect. It's when we see or hear the expert that we realize how poor our own performance really is. There's been many a musician who's decided to never, ever appear in public again after hearing the master musician perform. 
There's been many a preacher who's been humbled almost to despair when he's heard a real saint of God speak. And if we set our lives beside the life of the Lord, if we see our unworthiness in comparison with the radiance of His purity, pride and self-satisfaction is going to die. When I compare myself amongst ourselves, I might have reason to glory. But when I compare myself to the perfect, I realize how unworthy and sinful I am. Look at Isaiah 40 in verse 22, two passages of Scripture, and then I'm done. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 22. Let's get an idea of what we're really like. The Bible says, It is He, God, that sitteth upon the circle of the earth, and the inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers, that stretched out the heavens as a curtain, and spreadeth them out as a tent to dwell in. God, who took this whole universe and He created it in one word, He spoke a word and it came into existence. He sits on the circle of the earth. He stretches out the heavens as a curtain. He spreadeth it out as a tent to dwell in. The, the inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers. We're less than grasshoppers. And the, the universe is so, so huge and so intense that, that, that we can't ever even fathom how big it is. Even with all of our telescopes and looking out light years into space, we haven't even touched or scratched the surface of it. And the universe is still growing and growing with the millions and millions of galaxies and the billions of stars and all of the galaxies. And yet God measures it with the span of his hand right here. Who do I think I am? Let me tell you about all the great things that I think I can do and all the things I know. It would help us to do, we would do well, and it would help us to get a glimpse of what we really are compared to the perfect. Amen? Look at Psalm 8. Psalm 8. Tells us what our attitude ought to be like. Psalm 8, 3. When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers. Get that? The heavens, the universe. It's just the work of God's fingers. Just a little bit. Not a big deal. The work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained. What is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him? That's the attitude we ought to have. Amen. What am I? Nothing in the presence of God. Without God's grace, I would be consumed. Let's make it all about him, none about me. You humble yourself, 
under the mighty hand of God, he'll exalt you in due time. But he that exalteth himself shall be abased. Let's let the Lord increase and us decrease. Let's pray. Father, thank you for these principles and these truths and help us to live them, to be doers of your word and not hearers only. To look into the perfect law of liberty. Let it be a mirror to show us what manner of men we are. And as you reveal that to us, Lord, may we be quick to respond in humility to the Spirit of God. Thank you, Lord, for your graciousness to us, your long-suffering nature towards us. Oh, how impatient I would be myself with others. And yet you are so gracious and patient and long-suffering with me. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to learn this lesson that Jesus taught. The lesson of humility. To humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. To magnify him. And even in receiving any honor that we would get, we have the heart and the mind to turn it right back to the Lord. For without him, we are nothing. In Jesus' name, amen.